Welcome to the May 2010 CTSS quiz. We have 10 terrific cases to go over with you today. And let's get started. This is a great case. If you look at the images, you see a cystic lesion. And so the first thing you think about is, is this a pseudocyst? Hmm, I guess it's a possibility. Maybe an IPMN. Uh, one thing is it's so large, and it's also kind of coming near the pancreas. So you have to really think, could this be something coming off the pancreas versus something that's simply near the pancreas? And we've also seen a duplication cysts off of duodenum, large duodenal diverticulum simulating a process. So in, indeed, you need to be careful looking at this case. When you look hard enough, I did believe it was coming off the pancreas. And so cystadenoma is a possibility, that, and they could be somewhat eccentric. I guess that's a good thought. I mentioned IPM and pseudocysts I'm not that happy with. Uh, this was a lymphoepithelial cyst. They're unusual tumors. They're soft. They're cystic. They're benign. Can simulate a pseudocyst or other cystic pancreatic lesion, such as a serous cystadenoma. So a very nice example of that entity. Two images through the chest show this mass or adenopathy in the pretracheal space. And I think what you have to appreciate from this lesion, although I'm not giving you delayed scans and I'm not giving you non-contrast scans, is that these nodes or this mass is enhancing. Now, when you see enhancing nodes, we can see that with inflammatory disease, particularly in HIV patients. I've seen that um, not uncommonly for a range of nodes. And if you see a mass enhancing, you always think about aneurysms or pseudoaneurysms. Lymphoma typically doesn't enhance. Nodes from sarcoid typically don't enhance. And small cell lung cancer truly doesn't enhance, which puts you down to Castleman's disease, which is this um, follicular lymphoproliferative process, and the nodes are very vascular classically. And so Castleman's disease can occur in the chest, it can occur in the abdomen, but the classic hallmark are nodes that enhance. Not as bright as the aorta, or pulmonary artery in this case, but they're vascular compared to baseline. This was a wonderful case of Castleman's disease. And I'll show you somewhere in these quizzes other examples of Castleman's disease, but in the abdomen. This is an interesting case. I'm showing you approximately one centimeter vascular lesion that I have circled, um, not far from the kidney and not far beneath the liver. And what is it? Well, you can say it's a vascular implant, metastatic something or other. And then you look hard and you say, well, there's no spleen present. At least I don't see a spleen. And I'm going to tell you there's no spleen present. So remember that point. So if we go through the possibilities, carcinoid tumor, mass in the mesentery, desmoplastic reaction, enhancement, carcinoid's a possibility, but this doesn't really have desmoplastic reaction. The patient had no history of carcinoid tumor. Lymphoma, you get mesenteric nodes, but solitary, nodule, I don't think so. Uh, sarcoidosis, the same thing. We can see it in the abdomen, though uh, a node away from the parotid region would be rare. And so you're left with an accessory spleen. And in fact, this was an accessory spleen. The patient had trauma, left nephrectomy, splenectomy. Beautiful example. And we, we actually diagnosed it or thought of it. A tag red blood cell study was done, which proved it. But again, vascular lesions in patients who've had trauma, splenectomy, remember they can present as nodules in the chest looking like METS or a primary tumor. They can present in the pelvis. They can present almost anywhere. In this case, it was somewhat unique in that it was solitary and it wasn't multiple, but a really nice case. I asked what the best diagnosis was here, and I've given you two sagittal 3D views. And you could see this study is a CT cystogram. You first have to recognize that. And the bladder looks good till you look posteriorly at about 3 o'clock, and you see contrast extravasating out going down to a tubular structure.
So one thought you might have is, well, surely you better not be thinking about a normal CT cystogram, but colon might be a good thought, and when you look quickly, you say, aha, it's going down to rectum. But if you look, the rectum is posterior. This is actually a fistula to the cervix. Can be due to radiation therapy. Most com can be due to um, uh, infection, pr typically procedure. Remember, from uh, colon to bladder, we think about diverticulitis and Crohn's disease. But this is a great example, uh, and typically with cervix, as this was the case, is often iatrogenic. Yes, you can get large tumor masses, but we don't see a tumor mass here. Often it's a patient who is perforated, and then gets this fistula. So a beautiful example of a CT cystogram with a fistula to the cervix. Nice example. Look at the ischium. This is very dense bone. And at first glance, you might say maybe it's an osteosarcoma, but the bone is very well defined. And then when you look at the second set of images, you realize that uh, the bone is tracking down into muscle, into the adductor magnus. And you also see on this patient that the patient is incontinent. You can see the stool on the scan. And then you got to be thinking, what could this be? So osteosarcoma, possibility, but typically it's more irregular, not sharp margins. Periosteal reaction, well, the first image on your left may be, but the second image is more than just periosteal reaction. Lymphoma typically is lytic, can it be sclerotic, but not like this appearance. But this is a wonderful example of a myositis ossificans. Uh, most common in paraplegic patients can also be due to patients who've just had trauma. But with paraplegic patients, you get very extensive myositis around the joint space. And this is just a very nice example of myositis. You look at this case, and the first thing that jumps to your mind is to say a pericardial cyst because I'm giving you something in the right pericardiac space. And that's something to think about. But if you looked a bit harder, uh, this looks like really two things. And if you look harder, there's really a third thing near the IVC. And if you measure these, they measure 20, not zero. And this was, if you scan the abdomen, there are other nodes present. And this was not or not going to be a pericardial cyst. It wasn't a duplication cyst. You don't get duplication cysts there. They're usually more uh, toward the bifurcation or tracheal bifurcation, that is. So really, you're left with lymphoma versus pericardial nodes. And in this case, the one thing I'm sure about, these are nodes. It doesn't need to be lymphoma, can be colon cancer, can be infectious etiology sometimes. So the best answer here is uh, pericardial nodes uh, simulating a pericardial cyst. Very nice example of that. Okay, um, on this case, I'm asking you, what's the mass in the tail of the pancreas? It's very obvious. The mass is enhancing more than the pancreas. And so when you first look at it, you say islet cell tumor, vascular pancreatic lesion, end of case, no difficulty. It's not lymphoma. Lymphoma will be hypodense. It's not adenocarcinoma. Adenocarcinoma will be hypodense. But what about accessory splenic tissue? And when you look carefully at this image, and to be fair, I'm not giving you delayed phase or venous phase. When you look at this phase, the enhancement of that pancreatic lesion is identical to the splenic lesion. This was the best example I've seen of accessory splenic tissue implanted on the pancreas. Wonderful example because it's so large and really looks like a mass. So again, you got to think of the possibility. Your uncertain tag red blood cells work very nicely. Okay? Case number eight. This was an interesting case. Um, patient was a 20-year-old female and so typically, you tell me a patient has a pancreatic mass, if they don't have a pseudocyst, I'm always thinking about a spend, solid and papillary epithelial neoplasm. 
the so-called Hamudi tumors, which occur more common in blacks over whites, females, uh, most commonly rather than males. It's cystic and solid, but this one almost looks like two lesions, almost like a dumbbell lesion, mainly cystic with calcifications, not a whole lot of solid component, but it's not a cystadenoma and it's really not an abscess, and it's not a simple cyst or pseudocyst. That's not the answer. And so when you looked at this, you kind of stuck, and the best diagnosis and the correct diagnosis was a spend tumor. Again, younger female solid and cystic pancreatic tumors. Very nice example. This is a very nice series of images from a CT cystogram. And I was asking what the best diagnosis is. And when you look at the image on your left, you really can see this is a horseshoe kidney. Beautiful example of a horseshoe kidney in 3D. Image on your right, I've thinned away the cortex. so but you can tell the axes are a bit off. It's not a renal cell cancer, it's not a cross-fused ectopia. In that case, all the kidneys are on the one side. And it's not malrotation, it is a horseshoe kidney. Beautiful example of that entity. Uh, this is an interesting case. This was an incidental finding, and look at the patient's left renal vein. You see how the renal vein is enlarged, but there's thrombus in the renal vein. Interestingly, there's little difference in function between the right and left kidney. Often with renal vein thrombosis, you're going to think about differential flow, maybe delayed flow in one kidney. Now, there's nothing else this could be. It's not lymphoma. It's not a malignancy. It's not the ovarian vein. It's not flow-related. You can see the vasovasoma enhancing in the wall. This is classic renal vein thrombosis. Uh, hypercoagulability states we think about patients who have known tumors, patients with inflammatory disease, infectious disease, HIV are all players. And this was, um, wasn't really clear why they treated the patient with heparin and this thrombus eventually went away. Well, that's it guys, 10 great cases, till next month. Have a great time looking at CTSS.